What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Well, hello there, Permission Nation. This is Charles Speck, the host of the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast, and I am glad that you are here. I want to talk to you today about a topic that no doubt you've considered a lot, but it's probable that you or your agency really hasn't done anything about it, and that is this. Brokers who promise a lot, but they provide poor customer service after the sale. Is that you? Is that your agency? Do you or people from your agency promise the sun, moon, and stars, but then as soon as the policy is bound, you have now ghosted your client? Is that you? I hope not, but unfortunately, it is something that is rather prevalent out there in the insurance marketplace, that when the policy is bound, when the policy is issued, and then a couple of things take place, you know, maybe an introduction here and there, whatever it is, the producer basically just goes toward prospecting and fails to actually provide good customer service after the sale. And many times they might even fail to implement the services that they promised to the insured in the first place that they were going to get. I really hope you don't do that. But this, this topic, this is going right along with the, the larger topic that we've been talking about over the past few episodes about why the insurance prospect, the insurance buyer, doesn't necessarily trust you. Why they don't trust you. You know, my consulting company, Constructive Risk, I've been spending a lot of time over the last week or, or two kind of getting everything sort of revamped, updated my, my website. You can go check it out, constructiverisk.com, updated my LinkedIn um, profile over the last couple of days. Still, I'm, I'm still working um, in the insurance business, still working with insurance producers, no doubt. Um, I love teaching and training and just helping insurance agents sell as much as possible and get as many broker of record letters as possible. But that aspect of constructive risk really is, I think, kind of the, uh, uh, the future, at least in regards to my consulting practice, because there's a lot of insurance buyers out there who need help. There's a lot of insurance buyers out there who don't know who to trust, who don't know who to turn to, and they're not going to turn to you, Mr. or Mrs. Insurance Agent, their current agent, because they're not really going to be open with you. They don't necessarily trust you yet. There is a problem in the insurance business with regards to trust. And unfortunately, it's because of things that we've done. We as insurance agents, we have done things over the course of time that has hindered our trust with prospects. 
insurance buyers in the marketplace, our reputation out there in the world. And a lot of it is because we provide a lot of verbal exercise and not a lot of follow-through. Can I get an echo on that? An amen. We provide a lot of verbal exercise, just not a whole lot of follow-through. You know what I'm talking about. It might be you. It might be your account manager. It might be your CSR. It might be your agency as a whole. It might just be a problem with you and your clients. It might be a reason why you're having a difficult time with retention. It is a reason why that you are spending way too much time servicing and not enough time actually um, actually spent with getting recommendations from those clients. It, these are all just problems and reasons that we have to deal with because we provide a level of customer service that is subpar. Now, I'm going to get into this because I want to be able to help you figure out how to ensure a better customer service product, if you will, a better customer service um, experience in order to win more business. That's the goal here. Not to simply just harp on the, on the insurance industry. No, we want to talk about these particular issues. These are problems. These are one of the main problems that cause your insurance buyer to not trust you. If we can alleviate this particular problem, if we can address it right up front, then we can provide a solution to overcome it. We can implement something that will cause the insured to actually see that you are the more obvious choice of which agent to do business with. You will collect more signatures on signed broker of record letters. You will then serve happiness, and you will have a lot of happy clients going forward. That's really the key here. Good customer service. That's something we definitely want to provide, but you know what, as, you, as, you, um, as you're more successful in the insurance business, as you get more clients, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge to actually follow through with really good customer service. I know it, you know it, it simply just is because we're human beings and there's only so many hours in the day and we only have so much time and energy. And so as we're bringing on more clients, it very often tends to diminish the level of customer service that we provide. Now, I think that this is a major issue. And this is a major issue, and I want to tell you why. I don't necessarily have full-on statistics for this, but I actually believe that around half of the broker of record letters that are signed to take away the policies from an agent are because of what the producer has done or not done. But the other half or so, 50% of broker of record letters that are signed are because of something that the account manager, CSR, or service staff at the agency has done or not done, right? Has done or not done. In fact, even on the last episode, I gave you an example of a real-world example of one, of one of the reasons why one of my constructive risk clients signed a broker of record letter away from their current agent to somebody else. It was because the insured for three straight months asked their, 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 their um, account manager to please remove the vehicle. They sold it, didn't have it any longer. Please remove it because they're still paying premium on it. They're getting billed for it every single month. Sending emails. Telephone calls, yep, we'll get to it. We'll definitely get to that. Never did. Three straight months, still having to pay premium on it. Signed broker of record letter. Thank you very much, account manager. You just lost the account for the producer. Happens very often. There are a lot of things that insurance agents and agencies do that cause them to formulate distrust in the relationship rather than trust. 
And so we're going to talk about some things, particularly from the perspective of the insurance producer, but also from those who might might also have um, a servicing aspect to their clients, maybe a producer slash account manager, or at least the servicing aspect um, that a producer has to his or her client over the course of a 12-month period. Okay, So the problem is that brokers out there, again, not you maybe, right, but, but maybe somebody else, but there's brokers out there who promise a lot in the initial stage of that building rapport and kind of the quoting process, promise a lot, but once the, once the policy is bound, provide poor customer service after the sale. So I want you to think for a minute of all the, all the different times you have met with prospects over the course of time. Maybe even from when you were doing your cold calling or you're sending out emails or you're speaking to somebody at a networking event or you walk up to somebody when you're doing a walk-in visit at an individual business, a place of business. One of the things that many insurance agents do in their script is they say, we provide great service. We've got good people. We, uh, we're very good at processing certificates of insurance. Whenever you have a, a problem, give us a call. We're going to be there. Most insurance agents speak about the features of their agency rather than really the problems that they solve for the insurer. That's a problem. And it becomes even more of a problem when you're bragging about your features, but you really have no follow-through. Your execution is poor. You should expect to not renew clients. You should expect to, to lose clients midterm if you have a poor customer service reputation. Again, I don't have any hardcore statistics on this. I'm just telling you that based upon what I hear from brokers and what I also hear from uh, construction companies and specifically business owners is that their insurance agent, the producer, has ghosted them. Not really staying in touch, not staying in contact with them. And then the communication with them begins to pick up around 120 days before the policy is coming up for renewal. Or maybe 90 days, or frankly even some of them are so poor it's like 30 and 60 days before the renewal. You know what? That is something that I hear very often. It might be that, well, we're not necessarily mad or unhappy with our agent. It's just that we haven't seen the agent. I hear that a lot. Um, it's not that we're necessarily unhappy with the agency, but, but we're really not overly satisfied with the agency. I hear that a lot as well. Um, I remember when the insured, or rather the, the insurance agent said to us when, they were, when he was trying to get our business, he said that, that we were going to get loss control services and risk management services and that they had some people on staff who were going to be able to help us get our workers' compensation claims under control and maybe even lower our, our experience modification factor. Um, we were promised a lot of those things, but, but nothing really ever happened. Man, I'm telling you, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot from construction companies, from different business owners, that a lot was promised to them and little was actually provided. Here's the problem. Here's, here's kind of how you can overcome it, is that I talked about verbal exercise to begin with, and that's the problem, is that most agents do a whole lot of this. They're talking, 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 but they really don't actually provide anything. They say, we can do this, and we can do that, and our people are going to do this, but they really don't provide any kind of detailed information about how your customer service is going to look like over the course of a 12-month period. Now, I want you to think about this. Not only is it normal 
for insurance producers to provide no information um, written down about what it is that they're actually going to do for the insured over the course of the next 12 months once the policy or plan renews. But most insurance buyers have never met in person, have never met your servicing team, period. Most of the insurance buyers out there have never had even a live Zoom call so that with your servicing team so that they could see what he or she looks like. Can you believe that? <laughs> the back door of an insurance agency is to ensure that the servicing team does a great job so as not to lose that client. Why would an insurance agent, a producer, allow such a poor customer service experience to take place that we do not onboard our clients in a way that makes them super excited to be doing business with us? Look, there's a few different insurance agencies out there. And I'm going to give a shout out to Chris Paradiso here just for a moment. I've spoken to Chris, um, you know, uh, at least one time I know on the telephone in the past, talking about some of the things that his agency does. And I have seen what um, his agency does just on social media and so forth and, and from um, some of the things that, uh, that I have seen and heard from his speaking engagements. Look, they, they do a very good job of onboarding their clients. They do a very good job of keeping in communication with their clients. I would say that you could probably learn some things from Chris and his agency. Um, he's just one example out there. There's a lot of them that are out there who are doing amazing things. And I frankly think, you know what? Um, if your agency isn't doing a very good job in your onboarding process, then start reaching out, if you will, to some of your quote-unquote competitors out there just to see what they're doing. If nothing else, go to their website and see what they're doing. Ask some of the prospects who you're talking to, what did their insurance agency do to onboard them and to get them more comfortable with the process? Do they have an app? Um, was there, a, was there a, a letter to fill out in regards to um, future certificates of insurance that were needed? Um, do they have a web portal for their, for their agency? Are they able to actually go and look at claims online? Like All of these different things some of them are very important to your, to your prospects. Some of them aren't important at all. But frankly, the onboarding process of the typical insurance agency, frankly, I think is either a C- minus to a D+, plus, if not a full-blown F. Most insurance agencies have little to no onboarding process for the servicing staff of an agency. And the producer very often will ghost the insured the vast majority of the 12 months because they're just busy doing other stuff. They're out there prospecting. Which then leaves your prospect, your client, the insured, the policyholder, with a poor customer experience and therefore um, kind of a bad taste in their mouth about the insurance industry. You know what? It's our fault. Yeah, it's my fault. It's your fault. It's our fault. It's our fault that the insurance industry has a poor reputation. It all starts with us. Got to look ourselves in the mirror and say, Charles, you're the problem. You need to fix what you're doing so that there is a better customer service experience for your clients. Maybe you need to do that as well. Maybe we need to have just a little, a little powwow, a little conversation with our servicing team and say, you know what, enough is enough, and we're going to get much better at this. 
Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. So let's now talk about that. Let's get into a little bit of the step-by-step process of what it is that you can do to let your prospects see what it's going to be like to do business with you going forward, all right? So when you're meeting with your prospect and you're sitting down in that face-to-face conversation, the first time you're ever meeting with your prospect, you need to understand that there is a conversation taking place in that that policyholder, that business owner's mind on whether or not they want to do business with you. Okay? They're looking at you, they're listening to you, they're, they're watching your mannerisms. They are just, whether consciously or, or subconsciously, they are deciding whether or not they like you, whether or not they want to do business with you. Now, making a switch from one vendor, a known vendor, to another unknown vendor is a big gamble for a business owner. Right, And from changing from one insurance provider to another insurance provider is a major headache. It's certainly a headache for property and casualty insurance. It's a super-duper, throw-you-on-the-floor kind of headache for an employee benefits producer to switch from one agent and one policy, if you will, or rather one plan, to another plan. Um, that's a big ask. It's a big problem. It's a big headache. And so the insurance buyer is sitting there on their side of the desk and they're looking you over and they're thinking, is he worth it? Is he worth it? Should I even consider making the switch? They don't know what it's like to be to be serviced by you and your team. They haven't done business with you before. They don't know what it's like. It's quite likely that you haven't given them any testimonials from anybody that they know of. It's quite likely that they haven't had a chance to speak to or hear from or talk to any of your clients, so they haven't had even um, any second or third hand um, information proof that you guys actually follow through. So it's, they're taking a big gamble. You're asking a lot for them to make that big switch away from who they've worked with over the last year, two, three, four years, and come to you, an unknown insurance provider, 
who they've never worked with before and who they've never even spoken to your account manager up to this point. And they probably won't speak to your account manager, your CSR, your work comp people to see if they like them. They won't have a chance to speak to them until after they bind coverage. Right? That's a big ask. We need to do a better job. And so I would tell you that the way to overcome this particular problem can be done in a number of different ways, but the, the vast majority of how you can handle this is just by having a very good 12-month timeline of services. A 12-month timeline of services. Most agents will tell me, Charles, we agree having a timeline of services is very important. Most of those agents don't have one. They don't. I know you don't. I didn't have one back when I was a broker. Didn't understand it. Didn't think it was necessary. Never even thought about it until I started working with insurance buyers on uh, constructive risk on my consulting side because I began to realize that, you know what, most of these agents all kind of look the same. They sound the same. And the insurance, the insurance um, buyer, the CEO or the CFO was like looking at me like, you know, I don't even know like what's the difference between these people. I have no idea, no clue. Oh, I don't know why I should do business with either of them. Like, I have no idea what they're saying, what they offer, which carriers they represent. I don't even know. So your insurance buyer has the mentality of about a four-year-old child when it comes to understanding insurance. They just don't know what they don't know. And so your timeline of services, your 12-month timeline of services can alleviate a lot of these unknowns and frustrations. It gives the insured the ability to not just hear your verbal exercise, but to actually read something down on a piece of paper in black and white about what it is that you're going to do for them on certain dates going forward. Okay, it, it outlines who is on your team. It outlines what each of them are going to be doing. It also specifically outlines the dates that they're going to provide something. Now, I'm not talking about a brochure or like a multi-page document where you have like a picture of, you know, yourself and then a picture of your agency, you know, principal, a picture of your account manager, a picture of, you know, such and such, a picture of somebody who does certs. Like, that's okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a timeline of services that has specific dates in order on when things are going to be done and what your promise to them is. And so this document, it really helps the insured to feel more comfortable with you. They know what it's going to be like to be serviced by you and your team. And so I'm telling you, if you can spend some time putting together a 12-month timeline of services, it is going to absolutely, listen to me, it is going to absolutely revolutionize how you do business going forward. It's going to help you get more clients. That document by itself, the 12-month timeline of services, I hear from producers, it allows them to get more signed broker of record letters than anything else. Anything else. It's that important. It's that powerful. It's that good. It's amazing you don't have one yet. Maybe that's why you're struggling in your sales career. Maybe that's why you're struggling in your prospecting. Maybe that's why you're struggling to, getting, to even getting the insured to give you the loss runs, right? Man, if you had a prospect who was energized and motivated to actually potentially do business with you, they're going to go out of their way to make sure that you get those loss runs. But wow, how many of your prospects ghost you during that process because... Yeah, you know, they just don't really see any reason to. 
They don't really see any excitement there. They don't, they don't really feel the reason or understand the reason why you would be a better choice. And so they're just not, well, they're just not motivated to actually go out of their way to get you the information you need because they might as well just stay with whoever they are. whole lot easier, right? And so, look, if you've ever experienced that from your insureds, your prospects, where they're just not getting you the information you need, I hear that from agents a lot, by the way, I just I can't get the information that I need from them. Hmm, whose fault is that? Because if the insured was super motivated and saw you know, what it was that you provided and thought to themselves, I got to have that, they're just going to follow through or they're going to make somebody at their company make sure that you get those loss runs, right? So I'm just telling you that we don't do a good job of presenting ourselves in a way that gives trust, that provides confidence that gives the insured comfort. If you could present a very detailed timeline of services on what it is that you're going to provide for customer service over the course of a year for them, they will feel much more confident in you and your team that you guys can follow through. Now, as I've said in the past, and no doubt will say into the future, that timeline of services can be done many different ways. It shouldn't be a super long document. Nobody's going to want to read it. Don't have it include a lot of fluff. If you've got fluff in there, delete it. It's better to be concise. It's better to have just very hot topics right there. But it specifically needs to say the date that something is going to be provided, who the actual provider of it is going to be from either the carrier or from your agency, what the intended outcome is of the service. Okay, So it's not just enough to have a document that says we provide workers' compensation claims management services. No. I want it to say something like 13 days after your coverage is bound on your workers' compensation, you know, Jan Smith, our workers' compensation claims management specialist, is going to be doing a Zoom with you to go over the work that she has been able to accomplish up to the, that point in those two weeks about speaking to each of your adjusters on all of your open claims to find out what's happening on them. And then 27 days after that, we're going to be giving you a summary, an executive summary on what we've been able to do so far in our conversations with the WCIRB or the NCCI about taking a look at your worksheets and determining what payrolls were, were listed, what claims are being listed, how this was promulgated, and so forth. We're going to be able to show that to you. And then every 30 days, it should show after that. We're going to be putting together and have a Zoom with you and uh, with Jan Smith, the workers' compensation claims manager, to go over your open claims and to see what's being done on those, to see if there are any problems, to see if there are subrogation issues, to see if we can get the reserves lowered any more quickly, um, to say, or rather uh, if we can get the claims closed more quickly. Um, all of these things are helpful because what it does is that it prepares us that in six months, six months after your insurance policy has renewed or six months before you will, if the policy renews, that is the unit stat filing date. And we need to have all of these things taken care of before that date because that's the date the information has to be sent by the carriers by to the WCRB, the NCCI, in order to, to um, actually publish and, and calculate and publish that mod. 
right? The insurer just needs to have this information. They don't know. They don't know. You can put it down in a timeline of services. You can put it down in a timeline of services on what it is that you're going to do for them over the course of that year. I mean, not just maybe like workers' compensation, but maybe you as the producer, you're going to go every other month or once per quarter, you're going to go to one of their job sites. The, the, the CEO is going to tell you which job site you can go to, and you're going to show up, if you will, unannounced to that job site for an unannounced loss control visit. So the, the, the insurer, the boss, is going to know that you're going there, but the employees won't know. And so you're going to be able to do a summary for the insured about what it was that you saw. How many of them weren't wearing their protective gear? How many of them weren't um, actually being tied off on their fall, and pro- fall protection program equipment? Um, all of that kind of stuff. Very helpful. Wow, very helpful. Maybe, maybe 30 days after we bind coverage, we're going to set you up with um, a social media manager here at our agency who's going to help you put together a better social media campaign for your company, which is going to help you increase your foot traffic into your location, which is then going to cause you to have more revenue on a quarterly basis. It is a service that we provide to our clients, and you'll receive that 30 days after we buy coverage on your behalf. Very important, powerful stuff. Right? This is powerful stuff. And if you can do that, why you will create a lot of confidence in your prospects going forward, and you will be able to provide a customer service experience that your competition simply cannot compete with. They can't tolerate it. They can't handle you, right? You put that together, you're going to be so much further ahead of everybody else. You then will become, what I like to say, the obvious choice of which agent to do business with. Hmm. Brokers who promise a lot but provide poor customer service after the sale is one of the main reasons why your prospects don't trust you. You have to have a solution to that problem. And I'm telling you that the 12-month written timeline of services is probably one of the best ways to overcome this problem, this objection, so that they can actually see in black and white ink, on a piece of paper, what it is that you will provide to them in regards to customer service over the course of the year. It not only makes them comfortable about working with you, it also gives them reason to sign your broker of record letter. Imagine how good this could work out for you if you put it into place. Just imagine. Imagine that, Permission Nation, if you would do it. My name is Charles Specht. I am the president and CEO of Permission Network, where I teach and train insurance agents on how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.